Hello, listeners, and welcome to this new episode of Your B-Side, the podcast that will tell us more today about our guest, Jean-Maxime. Hey, Jean-Maxime, welcome. Hey, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, too, and uh, looking forward to hearing more about your B-Side, obviously. But as you know, Jean-Maxime, in this podcast, you're going to start with your A-Side. So in 30 seconds, not minutes, seconds, uh, your uh, A-Side, so your company and your role within this company. Yeah, thank you. Uh, so I'm uh, the CEO and co-founder of Epoch, yeah. uh, and I'm also a PhD candidate in cognitive computational neuroscience at the University of Montreal. Okay. Uh, so what we do at Epoch, uh, I founded Epoch in 2019. Uh, we created a technology at first was only a tech company uh, without any problem to solve. Uh, so we created a technology using artificial intelligence yeah. to mimic average human brain okay. so that we could predict in advance what people uh, would react cognitively uh, to any visual information. Um, and then we realized that in the advertising market, there was a huge problem yeah. because marketer and advertiser are wasting about 75% of their budget testing low-performing ads because ad networks are making so much profit running volume, high volume of advertisement. So in advance, we can, based on all your your historical data uh, for uh, like companies uh, like that are very dependent on online advertisement, yeah. we train our neuroscience and artificial intelligence model on their historical data to predict their ad performance and creative performance in advance yeah. so that they can skip the A-B test part and do it all in advance and also centralize the learning uh, of um, the, 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 like their testing learning across all their channels because sometimes they do ad testing on Google yeah. and Facebook and they never centralize in learning. Okay. So here we have this centralized neuroscience and AI model to help them predict and advance their performance and maximize their ROAS, so their return on the ad spend. Yeah, so maximize their, their media spend overall, their time as well. And as you said, uh, uh, media buying channel agnostic in, in a sense, because you already uh, optimize the whole uh, whole media buying process and not uh, specifically on Google and everything, where it's everywhere. Okay? Exactly. So Got to, it. <laughs> to, to know more about Hippoc, you can uh, you can go to hippoc.ai. Uh, that's uh, where you will know a, a bit more about uh, Jean-Maxime's company. So thanks, Jean-Maxime. We're going to switch to your design now. So sports, what sports do you practice? Yeah, it's kind of an unusual sport that yeah. I practice, actually. I, I started this because in my entrepreneurship journey, I'm not very uh, a sport person. Okay. But uh, I, I, did, I needed some sport. I needed to fight somewhere <laughs> in my life because I was so stressed out with the company and, and everything. Uh, so I started to do kendo, which is... Uh, like Japanese fencing. So we are yep. using bamboo sword yep. uh, and we fence, so it's a martial art. Uh, and now I started this uh, two years ago okay. and uh, I'm, uh, I got my first Dan with a, a nice uh, Japanese certificate nice. <laughs> as well. And, and I, I am doing some competition and now I'm preparing to uh, do the national championship. I'm not there to win something. It's just, you know, the, the challenge yeah. is like a, a runner doing marathon. Me, I'm doing championship and, and competition excellent excellent kendo you know i was not familiar before receiving your uh, your uh, your formula for for this episode basically i was not familiar with the sports i looked at it and yeah it's uh, as you said it's the japanese fencing right so it's it's the same logic same rules but using different, uh, yeah. uh, different actually there are some kind of rules that are very different because you have uh, you know in uh, fencing you don't necessarily have all this uh, martial art part yeah. with the like we do some uh, meditation or boxer at the beginning of the, mo uh, the muxo sorry at the beginning of the practice mm -hmm. at the end as well okay. so there is a, some sort of a um, 
mind control part very important uh, uh, discipline as well. Okay. Uh, and one thing that is uh, also uh, different from uh, fencing is that <laughs> you have some rule to make a point when you fight. So, like, and you have like uh, uh, one of the rule is the chichen tai no ichi, yeah. which is you need to be one between your sword, your spirit, and your body. Okay. So it's a kind of a abstract rule for this sport, <laughs> you know. So it's like. <laughs> Who can you need to be a sensate or like a very advanced to know that the guy was a one with his sword at this moment at the time? So it's kind of a bit weird. Sounds good. So, inviting all of our listeners to have a look at some videos on, on YouTube or any other place basically about kendo, very, very interesting uh, sports and uh, deserves to be known a bit more. So, thanks, Jean Maxime. And switching now to movies, uh, any favorite movie you can share and why this is one of your favorites, basically? Yeah, uh, I like the the first answer that came to me after your question here was 2001 yeah. Space Odyssey. Yeah. Not only because of all like the I'm a sci-fi guy, I like sci-fi, <laughs> but it's also about like this is so actual yeah. for a movie. It's a very long movie. It's, it's very good. Stanley Kubrick did very well. Yeah. Um, he did as, as well a, a Clockwork Orange, yeah. uh, which is well known as well. But this is like so actual for me and like uh, with the chat gpt thing yeah. I, i'm i'm working with ai models since <laughs> the last uh, eight years uh so i'm like it, it's so actual like owl and the model lead and everything i think it's it's so so brilliant yeah. as a movie and i, I like it very so ahead much. of his time yeah for sure yeah exactly okay uh and tv series movies that you're watching at the moment yeah any tv series yeah uh I watch a lot, but not a lot because I don't have the time so much. But uh, uh, these times, uh, when I started the, about the four years ago, because there are like over 1,000 episodes for these, uh, this uh, series, and it's actually an anime, okay. uh, which is a One Piece. One Piece, okay. Uh, so it's, and it's, I like this uh, anime culture of people with uh, uh, infinite perseverance, yep. achieving their goal after hours, <laughs> hours, and hours, about years. Like it's been twenty years and over that this show is still and is still running, okay. and the guy did not achieve his goal. But it's <laughs> not about the goal now; it's about all the the way there, uh, and so I like it very much. Okay, so yeah, we listen to this with my wife as well. Okay, uh, and it's a kind of a like a like a soft spot when we finish working at home. It's a, it's kind of a a good way to just. Stop thinking transition. about the, uh, the uh, transition. Yeah, thank you. All right. Uh, good. So one piece. In terms of music, any artist, any uh, favorite song that you can share? Yeah, I'm a huge uh, jazz fan. Okay. Uh, I, I listen to a lot of jazz music, classic music as well. Yeah. But uh, in the, the form that you sent me, uh, I was thinking about, because I was listening to uh, <laughs> a, 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 like an album, actually, not a, a song. Yeah, uh, which is uh, from Jen Gould. It's actually a, a very, um, very, very famous interpret in the 1950s yeah. in Canada. Uh, and uh, one of his uh, um, interpretation, like his interpretation of uh, the Goldberg variation of uh, Jean Sebastien Bach, yeah. are is, is amazing. It's like another world. Uh, so I would say that uh, this is it. But I, I, I'm not sure. Uh, so many uh, people like will will know about it. So. I will have a, we'll have an ear for sure on that. Yeah, but it's a classical music, yep. so yeah, it's just a piano. Sounds good. 
Now switching to uh, books, uh, any yeah books you're currently reading at the moment or you've just finished reading? Yeah, I'm actually reading it. I'm about to have, uh, have to read. Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, when I have the time, it's uh, in French, it's called uh, La plus secrète mémoire des hommes. Okay. The more, uh, I don't have the, the perfect translation here uh, because it's a French-African uh, uh, author okay. uh, named Mohamed Mgar Sar. And okay. he won the, the, the prize uh, Goncourt okay. in France, which is uh, in 2021. And it's a very amazing book about the, the, it's like a like a maze mm -hmm. when you read it. Uh, it's about uh, um, like he is uh, from the um, Senegal mm -hmm. and is is a, a French immigrant uh, and is uh, like a writer. He talk about uh, a, like a mysterious book about another African uh, author from Senegal that uh, wrote it uh, fifty years ago, something like that. And it's it's very interesting. The place of like you know the 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 place of African people in the, 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 the French literature. Yeah. Uh, so very interesting uh, uh, book okay. over here. So just giving the name, La Plus Secrète Mémoire des Hommes. Uh, so French uh, yeah, might be translated in English. So we'll put the name in English for our English-speaking listeners there afterwards. Thank you. Perfect. Uh, the pod podcast that you're listening to. Uh, I'm listening to the product uh, market fit show, uh, uh, and uh, I will start to listen as well to uh, the phase B because I <laughs> I, I, I took uh, I, I I listened to some episode and I think it was a, a great podcast. Uh, Thank you. And but the product market fit show is sometimes you have a like question and you know as a startup it's always a, like a roller coaster. Mm -hmm. uh, you need to find the market fit. That you never you never. Uh, uh, really have it even when uh, you get a series a it's not a perfect mar uh, uh, product market fit yeah. so so uh, to uh, hearing people talking about it uh talking about challenges that we live in a day-to-day -day basis is amazing yeah. so this is why i'm yeah, getting inspired by uh, other entrepreneur that uh, faces uh, yeah that faced or still facing actually what you're facing as a as a startup yeah. right you as you said you have exactly product, you put you it to it. market you realize that the first uh, batch of clients are yeah reacting very well then the second one the second batch is not yeah reacting so it's well. a phases of market fits right exactly. so you think you have a, a market fit but you don't and even uh, when you you like you have uh, thousands of clients it's yeah. going well you don't really have a perfect market fit, True. so so it's uh, it's all about uh, uh, like uh, hearing people, yeah. like living the same things. Uh, one thing that were that was not in your question, but I think that is uh, relevant in my life right now because I just bought the new uh, video game uh, Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Yeah, that's just been and, nice, yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. It's like it's a I'm a very uh, old school uh, Zelda fan. Yeah. So um, it's uh, I, I needed to say like this is a. Like uh, I, I, right now, I'm not listening to series or movie after work. I finished work at like 10 p.m. and I I, I, I play for one hour or two before going to bed. So yeah, it's a kind of a and you were, part of my life right now. You were lucky to find it, right? Because uh, it looked like it's out of stock in a lot of places. It was a pre-order uh, since uh, <laughs> like two months ago okay. or something like that. <laughs> Good. So now we're going to travel with you. Uh, you want to take us back to 2020. Uh, this is a very, very special year, 2020, uh, for a travel that you did back in France, right? Yeah. So, so um, since I was young, I was only uh, uh, like, let's say, uh, traveling in North America, yeah. uh, 
in US a lot, but never been in France or uh, any place in Europe uh, in my life before uh, this uh, trip in 2020. Okay. Uh, and it was uh, before uh, my uh, uh, we were just uh, getting engaged with uh, my girlfriend and that, that this is not my wife uh and be, because she's she, she our family uh, comes uh from uh france okay uh, so our grandmother like that is uh, uh, 80, 89 years old now uh lives there okay. so it was a very interesting trip like i, I live not uh, like the touristic france more the the like living with the people understanding how they live in a day-to-day basis uh so it was uh, an amazing trip uh and also like you know going do some uh, visit some museum yeah um it's 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 great but uh, what is even better i think it's uh, all the food yeah like the, you know uh, i don't know i don't think they do it this when they are alone at home but once we are like with the old family and everything you have like the 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 the, the supper and then you eat uh the the salad and then you have the cheese and then yeah. you have the dessert and a good wine changing wine bottle and the wine is good and cheap so that's a, an amazing trip for me it was a nice discovery and i'm actually leaving again uh june 5 to go see uh, um, our family again okay. uh, and work from there uh, because uh, you know this is the advantage of creating a startup remotely completely like we created we fired epoch during covid yeah so <laughs> all our employees are all around canada uh we do gather once every two months uh in montreal or elsewhere uh so i can work from uh france and i also because we are uh starting to get some customer in France as well. It's a good opportunity to just meet them in person as well. Okay, uh, Jean-Maxime, we're going to switch now to a moment of your life uh, that, that had an impact basically on your life. So you wanted to talk, I think, back in, the, in CEGEP, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, so so uh, just after high school, I started the CEGEP yeah. uh, before university. Uh, and uh, actually, all my life, uh, I was uh, raised uh, by my father with the this vision of uh, I was uh, yes, a, he's an entrepreneur as well, mm-hmm. he had some, uh, business, and he said like to me, you will take the the lead. And so I was yeah. raised uh, uh, without knowing what I was uh, really doing or what I was. Uh, and then this is a uh, when I was in Sejap, I actually uh, try, you know, uh, do a young experience, yeah. uh, drug and everything. I was uh, not very uh, happy, very sad because. Of this uh, existential crisis of finding yourself, yeah. you don't know who you are, and and since I was very young, actually about three years old, um, I had v- very strong existential crisis okay. about life. Sometimes I was like three years old, asking my mother, "Mom, wh- why son is named son? Okay. Like the the, the son, you know, yeah. who decided of the name?" <laughs> and these kind of stuff was just making me crazy. Uh, that's kind of weird, but it's a is some sort of a existential crisis. Yeah. Understanding the meaning, there is no meaning. Why? Uh, but then uh, after uh, I, I I read a lot of philosophy when I was uh, in Cégep. Yeah. Uh, I read uh, Nietzsche, uh, Camus, uh, all of these uh, Wittgenstein, different uh, different uh, uh, philosopher, uh, and I realized that I found my sense of mm-hmm. being, my way of being. Uh, which is actually a very uh, logical way of seeing things, yeah. uh, starting from the, the fact that the, the only thing you cannot doubt about is that there is something around you. Yeah. You don't know what it is. You could say it's a simulation, but it's actually you cannot doubt that there is something around you. And then my, my so so the the and 
then knowing that you have a way to represent it, maybe it's not perfect, but you can still represent yourself, the world around you. Yeah. And by communicating with others that have a different perspective about this world, this is how you can get a better vision of what's true or what, what's the reality mm -hmm. around you. So the, the sense of my, my life came uh, from these two pillars. Yeah. The first is knowledge, knowing the world, knowing what's around you, understanding it uh, like a sponge, just taking all of it. And on the other side is like, you cannot be sure it's true what you're learning out, yeah. uh, out of the world if you cannot share it with someone. Mm -hmm. So the, the, the human being, the, the relation, the human relation around it, like in, in, in the startup world, it helped me so much yeah. because you, you cannot do anything and everything and you need to, to surround yourself by people that are better than you at certain things. Yeah, true. So this is all the two pillars of my life. And this is actually what the, it's impacting my life every day since then. So, uh, and uh, uh, yeah, so. So that was really a transition for you, the Cegep, to to take you to where you are, uh, you where you are today, basically as an entrepreneur, yeah, and as you said, exactly. uh, not being afraid of uh, going through a new project, and uh, not being afraid of, uh, as you said, product market fit as well. So trying to find the right market <laughs> for the product you were launching. So it gave you confidence, basically, this transition phase. Uh, exactly, you. taking the lead of your own life, yeah. taking the, your own project, and finding uh, because everything you do in your life, it's about meaning. It's about yeah. You need to give some meaning to things you're doing. If you're not, if you're doing things th things without meaning, you will not be happy. You will be like in some sort of a constant contradiction okay. with yourself. So this is how I, I felt in the past. Great, yeah, yeah, and we can feel it. It still has an impact today. So if we look, uh, if we look a bit ahead, um, Jean Maxim, and I think obviously Hipak uh, will be part of of your to do list and the next things to do. What's what's next? What's in the coming years? What do you want to do as part of your life? Or what's what what are your main projects? Yeah, so so obviously the majority of my time is uh, is uh, with Epoch, like uh, as a CEO of the company. We yeah. are we just raised uh, uh, three uh, over three million dollars uh, with uh, uh, private investor, including the family fund of uh, Serge Godin, the founder of CGI. Yeah. Uh, so it's going pretty well on that side. Congrats. Uh, and, and, and it's, but we need to grow, grow faster. Yeah. Uh, acquire some customers, uh, consolidate our market fit. Yeah. Uh, it's all, uh, uh, crucial things, but we know that for sure what, what, because we had another product and then we pivot. So the first product that we had, it was about uh, brand awareness, brand equity, mm -hmm. predicting what people looking at, people remembering about any type of visual content. Mm -hmm. But we realized we all stayed a, a must have because when you talk to executive, if you cannot link what you're doing to a ROI mm -hmm. or revenue impact, you stay, you're, you're nice to have, not a must have. Yeah. So now we feel that we are a must have because we're able to say, this is the, your ROI. Yeah. So you have a 80 times ROI. And you pay one, like actually you pay one thousand. I give you eight uh, eighty thousand mm. back. So so it's easy to to convince sure, people, yeah. and this is a, a good market market fit feel. So now now the time is to expand, uh, accelerate uh, on that uh, that edge, and then uh, uh, create something massively disruptive. Because now we are uh, concentrating on large brands to uh, uh, to gather more data, consolidate the market, make more profit, mm -hmm. and then we want to reinvest this profit to offer this uh, this prediction service to a crowd of people that are running ads with very low budget mm -hmm. online, but that are still losing so much money with underperforming ads. Uh, then on the personal side, so uh, uh, after my wedding, I didn't have the time to uh, 
to do the the honeymoon. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, the startup life uh, kind of, uh, comes with uh, some uh, yeah. uh, responsibilities. Uh, so uh, next year or something like that, we plan to go to Japan, okay. uh, do kendo. Uh, so uh, yeah. it will be a nice opportunity <laughs> there as well. Yeah. Uh, and uh, also, uh, I'm uh, a huge fan of uh, chess. Okay. And more precisely, Japanese chess, which is the uh, name Shogi, okay. which is one another uh, uh, hobby for me. Uh, so it's a good way to go there, and uh, because nobody in Montreal that I know is playing Shogi, uh, but my wife is yeah. because she learned. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> for I, I was forcing her to learn, <laughs> but uh, then uh, I need to find some uh, friends to play there. Uh, yeah, so, and then uh, when I I, I I will do startups all my life. For me, yeah. this is a first startup, and then there will be an, uh, I will expand it, and then there will be another one. And probably like we know that there are some ma major uh, uh, challenge right now, environment, uh, also uh, uh, the the job shortage, mm -hmm. uh, the automation of job. And the, the, the necessity to create this uh, social net yeah. if nobody has a, a job anymore because it's all robot doing the job. So this is kind of uh, my next uh, project. Okay. Yeah, my plans. Great. Perfect. Looks like yeah, AI will be part of uh, of, of these plans uh, all the time. So that's uh, that, that's no, but it's uh, it's one of, it's another of my hobby. Like uh, during the weekend, uh, I don't have when I have free time for me. I do research. I read the the last paper. I try some next model and coding a bit. Yeah. Just to, I don't I don't want to lose the end because I don't have the time to do it on uh, my job uh, during my job time. So yeah, I do it uh, as a hobby now. Perfect. And, and to finish this episode, Jean-Maxime, uh, we finish with an anecdote that um, just maybe a few people know about. So what would it be? Yeah, I think it's, it's for me, it's pretty funny uh, because when I started the Epoch uh, in uh, like the end of 2019, yeah. uh, I was alone with my, uh, my computer and some server, yeah. running some models. And, uh, you know, I was uh, only talking with the artificial intelligence yeah being if we can say that <laughs> but uh, i was talking as a uh, to the at the third person okay. i was saying like we are doing that we yeah. are uh, uh epoch we are and, and like and people were like and how much people are you yeah or many people and and i was like i'm alone <laughs> so, along but, with the but, machines right but the machines already part we're already part of the yeah game, right? yeah so, and uh, yeah. <laughs> exactly that's the point but it's, it's just to, to give you uh, this idea that in the startup world, you always need to look bigger than you are yeah. because this is how you can get there <laughs> at some point. Uh, and now the team is, uh, how many people on the team, you said? Uh, Full-time, we are uh, 12 people, but uh, we have a lot of uh, consultant, uh, developer front-end, mostly like things that are not uh, core to the AI part okay. or the, the acquisition part. So, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, but uh, we are growing, and if uh, you have some uh, senior account executive interested in AI, is listening to your podcast? Yeah, come see us. We have a job for you. So. Okay. So, any listeners, uh, if you are a part of this uh, role uh, description position, please contact John Maxim. We'll be happy to Thank discuss you. the next step. Perfect. Thanks a lot, John Maxim. That was great to uh, to hear more about uh, your B side. Uh, so, thanks. Thanks, John Maxim. Great experience. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, my pleasure. And to all of our listeners, uh, I wish you a great, great week. And we'll be back next week with a brand new episode of Your B-Side. Wishing you a great week until then. Bye-bye.